Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I'm here with my new friend, Aiden Park. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really excited uh, for this episode. I think it's going to be fun. I think so, too. <laughs> he has such fabulous hair. As do you. Uh, well, you know, I was telling him I tried to get, you know, my hair to look like you, but I have this high five head. <laughs> and so this is my, fits me much better. Yeah, it looks great. Thank looks you. Great. you like, Your hair looks great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. So uh, Aiden is here. Uh, we are new friends. We just met in f- person for the first time this moment. And uh, after talking on the phone, I knew this was going to be a fun interview. And uh, Aiden is a stand-up comedian. Best-selling author, uh, coach. Um, what else? I mean, just that, that starts awesome individual comedian. Yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm actually looking forward to going to your show tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're we're happy to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So tell me a little bit about like what got you down this road. I mean, you're you're in, doing comedy. You're writing books. You're yeah. inspiring people. What's yeah. what's the story of Aiden? Well, uh, I started comedy because I was I was in musical theater first. Mm. I just got sick of doing productions of Miss Saigon because I look like this. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't, I can't. And I look very scary. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if they can tell, but like I'm a tall guy. Mm-hmm. I have these cheekbones. I have a resting bitch face. <laughs> and so I always get cast as the villain. Like this, mm. I was a Viet Cong military leader because I'm so scary, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's terrifying. <laughs> but put me in a suit. I'm not moving or talking. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then um, after uh, nine of those, mm-hmm. nine productions of that, I was like, all right, dude, enough. Uh, <laughs> let's do something else. What else can I do to get myself on stage? And so I chose stand-up comedy because I've always wanted to try. And um, I saw Margaret Cho when I, when I first moved to the United States. She was the only Asian person on TV. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, there's Asian people on TV here. Okay, cool. And that was Margaret Cho. Yeah. And then I had a fourth grade teacher named Mrs. Wong mm-hmm. who looked just like Margaret Cho. <laughs> so, you know, I have a connection. Yep. So I was like, I want to get into it. And uh, yeah, I started doing comedy. So just through like a little bit of research, she wrote the forward to your book, didn't she? She did. What yeah. is that story? Because that's that's cool. It's I mean it's crazy actually. Um, she and I ended up meeting uh, when I was about uh, five or six years into comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I I, I uh, progressed pretty quickly. I was mm-hmm. pretty good at like the business end of things, so I ended up uh, producing a show at the Laugh Factory for four years for them. It was called Rainbow Pop, mm. and. Uh, one day we had a sold out crowd and one of her friends was on the show and she was like, do you mind if we invite Margaret? The Margaret Cho. <laughs> and so she walked in. I was like, oh my God, Margaret. <laughs> da, da, da. I fangirled out, uh-huh. completely embarrassed myself. Uh-huh. And, uh, but she was very understanding. She was so yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay, you know, we, we kind of kept in touch and she had me open for her on the Queen Mary boat mm. uh, for the show she was putting together. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool. And uh, we kept in touch. And when I wrote this book, I asked her. Mm. And she said, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> the, the power of just like asking. Yeah. <laughs> it's the power of asking, right? So surprising. I'm trying to like be better about that. Yeah. Because like I talk myself out of things even before I give mm. myself a chance. Mm-hmm. What was the, was the last thing you talked yourself out of? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Like, 
Mm, I can't. I don't remember. But like you know, going for the big ask, mm. like like a big sale. Mm-hmm. So. I might go in at a $1,000 price point mm. versus like a $2,500 price point, right. and they would have been happy to pay the $2,500 price point, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about what, what brought you what brought you to the States. I mean, you said you moved here, you moved to then to LA. Yeah, oh, San Francisco. San Francisco, sorry. Yeah, yeah so uh, my mom was a single mom in Korea. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, from a very young age, I was very... Um, Quirky. I'm just like this. Uh, I'm, I'm like this all the time. <laughs> you, yeah, you as a kid. <laughs> Me as a kid, same yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, my mom was heavily discriminated against for uh, being a single mom in Korea. And I uh, went to school one day and uh, this kid came up to me uh, and he said, I'm not allowed to play with you anymore because uh, you don't have a father and that is why you act like that. Mm. And so then I didn't really understand what was happening. Mm. I went home and I cried. Mm-hmm. My mom goes, what's the matter? And I told her the story. And she goes, what did he say? And, and she uh, decided. She was like, I can't raise him here. Yeah. Because in Korea in 1992, women were <laughs> discriminated against yeah. for being single, uh, being a single mom. And uh, she realized, like, with my personality the way it is, it would not be healthy for me to grow up there. Yeah. I mean, she didn't know that I was gay. But yeah. you know, she, she was like, this is a strange kid. Right. Also, there was like, um, in Korea, there, uh, you, you, you don't get education beyond a certain point for free. So mm. middle school, high school, you pay for. Oh, really? And uh, she was worried about that as well. Mm-hmm. So she uh, wanted to move to the United States. Yeah. But we were so poor, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't get accepted. And so uh, we had to come in through Mexico. So, they, <laughs> so we flew to Mexico, right? Yeah. And they gave us these IDs. <laughs> Uh, that we're supposed to present and they're supposed to be us. Yeah, uh-huh. But like my mom's ID is like a hundred pounds heavier than her. <laughs> and like my ID is like a 14 year old kid. I was like nine. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And so we we're like, okay, we just got to book this. It's the uh-huh. acting job of a yep. lifetime. So mm-hmm. we presented it and they didn't even think it's right. They just waved us through. Mm. And I was like, wow. That was the first time I realized like to all non-Asians, all Asians really do look alike. <laughs> <laughs> There's evidence right there. There's evidence right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you're, you're not the first person that's that I've interviewed that's had a story like that. No. I've, I've had a few um, non-Native Americans so like, mm-hmm. that live here now that have told their immigration stories. And it's yeah. wild. It's wild. Like the things that people have to do to, to just be here. And I'm grateful. Uh, I'm so grateful to be here, though. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it was a very kind move of my mom, and I, and I do think that it was the right choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was it like growing up in San Francisco in your early years? That was – it got rough. It yeah. got very rough. So um, in Korea, I was like a top student. I was outgoing. <laughs> I could talk up a storm and – uh, you know, everybody liked me, right? And I, I was very close with my mom. I get to the United States and my mom gets a job across the country. Mm. Actually, she finds a guy who, <laughs> if you want the drama, <laughs> right? They want the yeah, drama, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She finds a guy who um, is in the army mm-hmm. and he got a scholarship to dental school mm-hmm. uh, that the army was going to pay for. And... Uh, she and he start seeing each other. And after a year, he, he needs to move to Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wants her to go with. And uh, she says no. He says, 
okay, or I could just call the INS and have you removed. Oh, shit. Right? Oh. And so now she's in a situation, and at that time, no oh. resources, no computer, no nothing, right? Yeah. So she's like, I got to go. So she goes uh, under this weird blackmail kind mm-hmm. of situation and waits tables to pay the living expenses while he goes to the dental school. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm on my own. I end up in grandmother's government apartment and uh, uh, she lives on what, $600 a month in like, I mean, we're getting food boxes, like boxes of government cheese. Yeah. Combine that with, <laughs> there was, uh, I had no language skills. Mm. I had no, we had no money, certainly no tutoring. My grandmother didn't understand English either. Mm-hmm. So both of us were like lost. Wow. Um, so you knew zero English when you came Zero here? English. What? Yeah. No English at all. And uh, it was rough. I couldn't make friends. Yeah. I couldn't do well in school. Mm-hmm. I lost my mom. Mm. And here I am in this place. And uh, then, you know, you realize you're gay. <laughs> and there's this whole Christian connection. I mean, it was oh, just like geez. a rough. And I didn't even, and I didn't know that I was fat until I got here. <laughs> I thought I was just fine. And then people started saying, you're fat. And I'm like, oh, oh I guess I am. Man. And so, you know, then you start watching the late night uh, infomercials that they have in the United States. And mm. they don't have that in Korea, okay? <laughs> in Korea, they have like four stations or back then. Yeah. Like four stations and everything ends at 11 o'clock. They wave the Korean flag. They say, Thank you for watching. That's it. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, uh, yeah. But like <laughs> it's here, bedtime. it's all night. All night. And just you know, garbage too. It's garbage. <laughs> like ro- rotisserie chicken. The, the, how many times did I watch the set it and forget it? Do you yep. know what I'm talking about? The rotisserie chicken one? Yeah. The yeah. one that spins. Spins, yeah. And mm-hmm. then you, uh, the George Foreman grill. The George Foreman, yeah. For sure. And they show like, oh, like this is what you look like yeah. before. And then after the George Foreman grill abs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, shoot. So is that what you wished for for like your tenth birthday? It was a George Foreman girl. I, oh yeah. <laughs> I just wanted actually. I was I was enamored by the American lifestyle. Mm. I was like, most I, I I thought like oh most families have the George Foreman grill. Mm. Uh, they have the ro- they have the spinning rotisserie chicken. Ah, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, what was your if you remember, what was your perspective of America like right when you found out you were about to come, and then how did that compare to once you actually got here? I uh, really, I grew up in a video store. Mm. My mom was single and, and she, you know, we had a corner store video video store called Jung Video, okay? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this was back when you had to go, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but like. Yeah, the blockbuster days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to go. And it was on a VHS, not yeah. even DVD oh, yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, uh, <laughs> we ran one of those. And so we would get all these American movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I don't have an accent is because I watch so much. That I knew, like, linguistically, like, Mm -hmm. how to speak. Mm -hmm. But, you know. So my perspective on the United States was um, that there was a lot more opportunity, Mm. a lot more fairness. um, Yeah, a lot more equal opportunity for my mother, actually, because it... it, Or maybe this was what she presented to me, Mm -hmm. right? So my grandmother, victim of domestic violence... Mm -hmm. My mother, uh, my dad uh, got her pregnant and um, he said he would marry her, but we found out, not we, but I mean, I was in her stomach, yeah. but <laughs> the family found out that he had a whole other family on the other side of the country. Oof. And so there was a lot of anger toward men. Mm-hmm. 
men with, uh, you know, a special, like men, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And being a man, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's tough in that environment, right? Yeah. So I guess uh, to answer your question, it, it's, uh, I, I felt like I saw women had opportunity to progress there in mm-hmm. a way that in the Korean culture, you did not as mm-hmm. a single woman. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like just normal to just say stuff like, well, like, you're a woman, stay in the kitchen. Like that kind of, they, yeah. would, they would just openly say mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And uh, it angered my mother. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that the US would present a, uh, a good opportunity for us to get to a place where we might have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's accurate. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, yeah. I am realizing more and more how much I've taken those aspects of life for granted. Uh, both being born here, naturalized, citizen here and the benefits that comes with but also just the culture and the acceptance level yeah. that's here and obviously we every every society has challenges and sure. we're, we're we're i like to think improving but um yeah it's one thing that um it's it's coming like m- more and more close to home how how valuable that is and like how grateful i am to to have that because a lot of the world doesn't Mm-mm. Um, so when you, uh, so when you got here living, living with grandma, living in San Francisco, um, what, um, like what, what was life like? Like, I'm trying to imagine like a 10 year old, like early teen boy, just like running around in government housing with your grandma in San Francisco, like no English, (laughs) no, like (laughs) culture from movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like what, what was life, life like? And, and. Yeah, how, how did you, I, like, the question I want to ask is, like, how did you get by? Like, you had a lot of things stacked against you. It was, I mean, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm, fe- I'm feeling. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, they it just keep bad. coming. It's, yeah. Like, oh. um, so, for about, people look at me and they think I'm so uh, effervescent, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, energetic. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. that comes from an appreciation for that, that, that grew out of not having had that for a good five years. Mm-hmm. From nine to 14, go to school, come home, sit in front of the TV. I was so thankful when we finally got cable and literally it was just me and cable television. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm. Um, I would do work or whatever, like, but it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like when, you're, <laughs> when you feel so hopeless, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of do whatever so as to not fail. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the the feeling of like, I could just not exist and it's okay mm-hmm. uh, at that age mm-hmm. was huge. Yeah. It was huge. What were some of the big moments that like, like, like catalyzed your, your growth? I mean, one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on is because of your perspective. It's like so positive, so honest. Um, and that, I mean, like the way you described your early, like growing up, there's a ton of reasons why you would not be positive, (laughs) very victim mentality, like very negative, but you're not at all. Um, so what, like what shifted? What, um, it came in spurts and growth, Mm -hmm. right? So I think the first thing was, um, I've always been, uh, I've always been, uh, fiery. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been like, I've, I want, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but I like, well, after a while, you just kind of give up. Mm-hmm. 
in uh, high school, I got into a musical. Uh, I auditioned for a musical and I got in. And uh, it gave me something. It mm-hmm. gave me something that I felt that I could improve on. Something that I was actually excited about. Because I always loved singing. And so when I got involved in that, it kind of gave me a fire to, oh, well, maybe I could do this. Mm-hmm. And it felt better than what I was doing before. Because <laughs> I had no, no garden to tend to. Yeah. Um, and so when I started doing that, I, I was like, okay, like, how do I get further in this? How do I get further in this? And uh, I guess the first real growth uh, was kind of like, well, uh, I need to just like screw the world. I got this. I'm going to get this. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to go do it. You know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, which, has a, which came with its own problems yeah. <laughs> that I would soon learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was better than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So like the, the range of emotion mm-hmm. um, is like uh, powerlessness down yep. here. Mm-hmm. And then there's anger. Mm-hmm. So I moved up to anger. Yeah. At least there's some energy. Yep. That's Something's why moving. Yeah. Politics. Politics knows that that's kind of like mm-hmm. they just want you to get angry mm-hmm. so that uh, <laughs> you'll do something. Do something. It's better than, you mm-hmm. know. They'll sell you on the idea that you're powerless on your own, so vote for me and I'll fix your problem. Yeah. And then they'll blame the other party to get you angry to come and vote. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, that was a side. <laughs> yeah. I'm passionate about that too. I mean, yeah, awesome. I'm angry. I don't like that. I, yeah. don't like, I feel like people take advantage of people who, are, who feel hopeless yeah. and powerless. But anyway, so that was the first move up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you... I, I, I'm fucking good to go into that. Like, okay. what is... Like, how do we, how do we transcend that? Like, is it, is it the, the people that are in power need to change or the people that are feeling helpless need to do the changing or both? Or does system need to change? I think it's both. Yeah. Um, I do think it's both. Yeah. I think um, that uh, people want to, uh, how do I, how do I put this? I think there's a lot of payoff. I think there's a lot of people who feel powerless in this world, Mm -hmm. okay? And so when you put out negative, you know, content, like on Twitter, for example, judging that one, Mm -hmm. then they can move from powerless to angry for a minute Mm -hmm. and direct their energy. Mm -hmm. And then they can go back to being powerless. Mm -hmm. It's the position of powerless, the mental position of powerlessness that is propagated, I think. And it's it's uh, everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It's ingrained in ev- almost yeah. every dynamic. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the I forgot what they call it. The triangle. The 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 victim, savior, villain triangle. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. like, they all have to be there for it to <sighs> exist. But if you stop prescribing to that game, that yeah. triangle, then oh, I actually don't have to fill any of those roles. I don't have to save anyone. <laughs> I don't have to persecute anyone. And I don't have to give up my power to anyone. Yeah. And yeah. it's the integration work that you like to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, so I think that um, we're being sold a story mm-hmm. and we're being sold a story through <laughs> pretty much everything. Yeah. And so, because uh, there's gain to be had. Right. If I can convince you that you're powerless and that you vote for me and I'll fix the problem mm-hmm. that'll fix this problem that you mm-hmm. have because you can't do anything about it. Right. Then you'll come and vote for me because that's the only thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that kind of stuff happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what... 
So it's like as if uh, I'm thinking this like simple uh, mathematical equation is like if I have a, a, a one and I give you my, my one of power, now you have two as like a person. So now you're holding my my power because I've given it up to you. And I'm yeah. saying like you, like you hold that. Um, is like it you want to feel better? So lean on me mm-hmm. to do what it takes to help you feel better. Mm. But ultimately that's not. And you know, commercials <laughs> yeah you feel like crap yeah so take this thing take this thing buy this thing lean on us yeah and we'll hold your crap but that promise never yeah <laughs> truly fulfills yeah. yeah it's an inside job yeah <laughs> when did you first realize like the stories you were being sold like, that when was, did you that, realize that, that, that was the way thing way later <laughs> okay way later right <laughs> Because, um, I mean, if we want to just bounce around. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I do that, the, the whole, um, I get to anger. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I um, act recklessly, act out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I end up uh, graduating high school, and I'm still undocumented, so I can't go to college, mm. and I couldn't get a job. So I became a Craigslist hooker. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this gets worse and worse. This is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a pause. I was like, is this a joke? No. No. no this is not. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was great. I mean, it wasn't great. It was the best thing I had. Yeah. Right? Like, and so like <laughs> this one guy he started praying afterwards. And I was like, good thing you were already on your knees. But <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And then HIV. Yeah. Uh, 19. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was going to happen, right. you know, with my reckless behavior. Right. And so at that point, somebody said, oh, go, you know, um, like this wonderful voice teacher mm-hmm. uh, was a friend, was, was a voice teacher of my good friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that, get him over here. Like she, he heard my story and said, oh, get him mm-hmm. over here. I'll give him free classes, but he has to go to this empowerment mm. thing that I'm going to send him to. Okay, great. Yeah. So I go to the empowerment thing and it changes my world. Yeah. Uh, because uh, for the first time, I, re- I feel like I have some agency over mm-hmm. my life, right? It's not a, like I feel like <sighs> thus far, it's like I was rowing down the river back, facing up backwards and things just happen. Mm-hmm. And you never know when it's going to happen. You, d- <laughs> you don't, you just have to kind of react yeah. and make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like someone let me face forward. Mm. Now, uh, I, uh, you how, know, I, how did, sorry, how did they find you again? Like, how did you get in- introduced to this person that was like rowing or like turning your boat forward? Uh, Richard or the empowerment course? Um, I guess Richard, yeah. Richard is the voice teacher. Oh, voice teacher. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I missed uh, that one. I, I'm sorry, that I might not have explained No, that. no, yeah. that's just like, I, I, I wanted to like hit that just like for a moment because I, I think about all the time about like some person that yeah. just like generously made a like impact, just like a little tiny impact on my life. They decided yeah. to like do something for yeah. me and it completely like completely shifted my whole life, yeah. catalyzed like a whole new trajectory. Yeah. And I had so no idea that that's what, what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, I took that empowerment class and I really got into it. I took the mastery course and then I did, you know, the, I don't know if you heard a landmark, I did yeah, landmark yeah. and uh, I did all of those, um, you know, improvement things. I even became an NLP master practitioner. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
And so, uh, <laughs> but I didn't tell anyone uh. because I didn't think, uh, I thought it was just something, something nerdy that I was doing on my own. Oh. And I did it totally for me. The master practitioner, that wasn't for me. It wasn't yeah. for anybody. I wasn't like out to be a coach. I wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. I just wanted to figure out myself yeah. so that I can be super efficient. Mm. And boy, did I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you figure out? What were some of the big things that you that came to the surface as a result of this? Well, this is this is kind of what I ran on, um, which uh, then I have to shift again later. Okay, right? cool. Um, but uh, what I ran, what what became was all right. Like, I am responsible for my results. Mm-hmm. You know, empowerment. Sometimes there can be an issue. I wrote about this recently. There can be an issue of uh, empowerment. There's there's a, a real masculine energy behind empowerment. Mm-hmm. Go and figure out the issue. Go and mm-hmm. get this thing. Go and get that. And I took that on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I immersed myself because it was really the only thing I had. There was no checks and balances really. Yeah. So I was like, all right, good. And so I ran with it. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to create those sales. I want to create those results. I want to do this. I want to do that. So like I would be very um, aggressive, yeah. uh, aggressive internally, right. uh, very tactical. Um, and I became really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I guess, uh, you know, ultimately as you throw yourself into uh, environments that are uh, uh, challenging, you have to adjust who you are in order mm-hmm. for you to work in that set environment, right? Mm-hmm. So I ran into a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, my uh, way of being, um, I had to shift so, I had to change so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. what, what were some of the ways that you were being that you changed? Like what were some of those like patterns or characteristics or traits that? What were some of the? You, the thing that helps me the most is I look for lessons in anything Mm. and everything. (sighs) And uh, (laughs) like, I'm not naturally gifted at certain things, right? Like business acumen, terrible, terrible (laughs) business acumen, (laughs) terrible, awful. Um, And so I was like 24, 25. And uh, I I watched, um, (sighs) I watched The Apprentice Mm -hmm. because that was my favorite show. And and I would watch (laughs) with my uh, partner at the time. Uh And uh, I would get it wrong all the time. I'd be like, that person should be fired. And that's how I knew I had horrible acumen because (laughs) my partner was like, according to his, uh, yeah, I was like, they shouldn't be fired. Why? Cause she's pretty. Like it was like like that. Yeah. uh And so I had to adjust. Right. And so Uh the way I kind of learned was, um, I, (laughs) I, uh, they ended up giving me, uh, giving me my own show at the laugh factory. Oh yeah. Um, and I had to fill the house. And uh, it didn't look like it was going to happen. Uh-huh. And then I got a letter saying, if you don't have 150 butts and seats, then we're going to cancel shows. Mm-hmm. You know, to, they, that mm-hmm. went out to the, And I was like, crap. And I realized like, okay, the people who, okay, well, what do people do on The Apprentice? Like, okay, people who win, they just decide they're going to do something and they do it. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's the way it's edited. Who right. knows what yeah. actually <laughs> happened? That's the way they, good job on the editors. Yeah. <laughs> And so they just decide and they go. Uh And though I remember an episode where this girl uh, had to put on a circus for her challenge and she she went to every store 
uh, that dealt with children in the area and mm-hmm. gave them flyers and worked out a deal. Yeah. So I was like, all right, mine's a gay show. West Hollywood, here I come. Yeah. So I walked into <laughs> all of these places. We'll give you 20% off for all the tickets. Do an email blast, and we'd like to raffle off one of your items at the world-famous Laugh Factory. How would you like to be a part of this? Everybody says yes. I sell out the place mm-hmm. and become a producer, right? So it's kind of like um, when you uh, – because ultimately, it's the bottom line. The bottom mm-hmm. line is what, you know. And so I think just – the, the thing that I think I got most out of that segment was taking responsibility for, uh, for it. Yeah. <laughs> taking, respo- yeah. taking responsibility for it. Yeah. Um, for anything you take on. Mm-hmm. And then being ready to learn by observing life. Because mm-hmm. I never went to trade school. I never went to official, officially anything. Yeah. But uh, the fact that I can watch you know, an episode and be like, that is a skill that I could use over and over and over for a lifetime. But that lesson is not taught in any trade school. No. There's and no this way. girl's brilliant. Yeah. Her name is Kendra. <laughs> Her name is Kendra Todd. She's my favorite contestant of all time because she kicked so much ass. Yeah. She's like this 25-year-old girl. They were like, oh, what does she know? Like, mm-hmm. she she was scary. Yeah. So I was like, uh, if, if she watches this, then she better call me because oh. I'll I'll interview her or whatever. Oh, hell yeah. She saved my job with the Laugh Factory. Mm. And, and I was like, and oh. like your career like the trajectory of your career probably like that's one of those forks in the road where yeah yeah and you better believe i did that over and over and over and over and over i still use it i Mm. still do it you know it takes a lot of footwork and i guess like the other thing is like uh empowerment kind of like like, cause the, what's the first instinct when you think when you're sitting at home and you go oh i can't walk around the neighborhood and hand out flyers I can't, you know, like that's the right. first instinct. And you just go, no, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that like sneaky story of like, I can't or it's hard. Yeah. Or chal- and I, it's like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Like, what does hard mean? What is challenging? Go mean? do it. Unfamiliar. Yeah. That's what it yeah. means. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. So just got to do it until that becomes your new normal. Mm-hmm. I became, I, I got really good at staying comfortable in the uncomfortable as it relates to goals mm. but i ran into another problem yeah uh which is uh i was doing well you know uh for until i was like uh 33 and then my partner uh he got cancer mm. and he passes away and uh i was uh so in love with him like so so and we did things together like <laughs> i ran like you know three little businesses uh i did like uh I train people to make bubbles at children's parties. What? <laughs> can, we, can we put balls on that? <laughs> you trained people to make bubbles at kids' parties. I still do it. Yeah. What? Okay. What do we mean? What do we mean by bubbles? This is what I, got, I mean by. I gotta, I gotta, this I is empowerment again. This is okay. empowerment lesson. Okay. Twenty ten, I get a job making bubbles at children's parties. Okay. For three years, I do a really good job. Yeah. Just ethics. Ethics. I want to just do a good job for yeah. the parties. Somebody in San Francisco, uh, this is in Los Angeles, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody in San Francisco orders a bubble show, and my family's up there. So I tell the guy, you should open a leg. And he goes, okay, do you have any ideas for that? I was like, yeah, I know all the actors up there. I'll hire and I'll train. I become a partner in the San Francisco business. So now we have that going. Oh, my God. And so, uh, but I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so <laughs> I used empowerment to be uh-huh. like, because there were so many times I wanted to give up. Like, I was up there every other weekend, driving up every other weekend. Whoa. Because 
I'd hire you and, you know, Jamie. Uh-huh. And then you get three shows a day, both of you, right? That's six shows. And then Jamie calls in Friday and goes, I can't. Yeah. For whatever <laughs> yeah. reason. And what are we going to do about those six bubble shows? I get in my car and I drive oh, up to the Bay Area shit. and I do it. Oh. And, uh, man... Uh, but uh, I love my team now, mm-hmm. uh, although we can't find people because of unemployment. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Everybody's hiring. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that happened. And then, uh, yeah, so, so uh, the mm-hmm. bubble business. And then Michael was great at the, at the phone end, at the technical end. Uh-huh. So it's funny. He's 20 years older than me, but... Um, I was the one with the lead. Yeah. And uh, people thought he was my sugar daddy. And he was like, let people think it. I was like, of course you'd say that, yeah, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> let people think it, yeah. baby. Yeah, that's uh-huh. great. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. So that and we had a political consulting company, mm. uh, which means, uh, you know, those annoying people in front of the Vons or the Safeway or. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know, sign. And si- oh, sign in. Yeah. yeah. I, I would petition. organize those people. To go out, really, and I cleaned up doing that job because I would get like I would get everybody. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would get everybody. Yeah. I would go to these colleges, and I'm gay, and uh, <laughs> I know my audience, so I would yeah. just gay it up. I'd be like, "Hey, girl, come sign," <laughs> and they're like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Just to get stuff on the ballot, girl." And yeah. she's like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> um, it was fun. Yeah. And Michael and I would. And I was like developing my comedy career. Uh-huh. So what we would do is we'd be like, all right, Mike, we would sit down together. We'd be like, all right, <laughs> where do we want to go? Um, we need to do this petition thing. So, okay, so it's statewide. And so we can go to, let's go to Fresno, San Francisco, Humboldt, and uh, I don't know, Yucaipa, whatever. Yeah. Just come back. Uh-huh. And so we'd make a tour. And then he would act like my manager and call <laughs> up local comedy clubs and be like, the Aiden, Ta- Aiden Park is coming to town. I gave him his own email too. Yeah. And he'd be like, and he would get me gigs. Oh my and, God. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. And then we would be like, all right. So during the day we would go on college campuses and just work like three or four hours getting uh-huh. a ton of signatures. Yeah. At night I would do comedy and then manage bubbles in between. I mean, <laughs> and we're always on the road. Yeah. And it was such a great time. Oh. Uh, he is my dear, dear love. My mm-hmm. dear love. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Mm. How long ago was that? Uh, that was three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because um, uh, he believed in me mm. more than I believed in me, actually. I, I, didn't, I didn't believe in myself. Um, I kind of took this position like I had – like – Whatever issues I had, I just kind of like said like, well, I have this problem, so I got to fix it. Like I kind of made myself the problem. Mm-hmm. And that can be the danger of uh, empowerment sometimes. I feel mm-hmm. like you can <laughs> overtake responsibility to the point where it's like unmanageable yeah, uh, and unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so he was like my rock. Mm. And uh, then he passed away. And when he passed away, uh, I was so miserable that I just didn't want to do anything. Mm. I was like, that's it. <laughs> mm. I was, I was, I just, I really wanted to take my own life, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have this bit about it. I went shopping for a gun and I found a gun 
<laughs> for $300 at a pawn shop. And I was like, okay. And then I went online and I found the gun for $75. And I thought, wow, how could somebody just buy a gun online for $75? When in person, they tried to charge me 300. What a rip off. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's when I realized I am so cheap. I was bargain hunting for my suicide weapon. <laughs> Which is funny because if yeah. there was ever a time to put something on a credit card, that would have been it, right? Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get the best. I even went on the NRA website and I was like, do they have any specials for newcomers? <laughs> 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 they have a starter kit. Yeah, starter kit, yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, so I, I was at that point and um, I was like in that space for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, <sighs> Yeah. I just didn't want to be here. Yeah. I, did, I couldn't imagine my life without mm -hmm. Michael. Mm -hmm. I really, really didn't want to do it. And uh, I guess like at some point you go, all right, either shit or get off the pot. Mm. Do it or don't. Right. But this split energy thing, this not having decided, yeah. it was killing me. Keeping you it was in killing me. complete in I mean, oh, action yeah. of life. Yeah, yeah, like that's such a, and then I decided to stay. Yeah. But the, but I made a deal with myself. I was like, I'm gonna stay, but no way in hell I'm staying feeling like this. There's mm. no way this is not gonna be my life. If I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna figure out how to be happy, and I'm gonna live um, mm. in a happy way. This is miserable. I'd rather die than feel this. Yeah. So I'll stay, but then we have to figure something out. Mm. And so then that's where I started uh, exploring. Okay, what is happiness? Mm -hmm. What is yayful living? What yeah. what <laughs> yayful living? <laughs> What is that? Like, how do you become happy? Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is, like, there's not even a, uh, <laughs> there's very little information. Like, there's no quantifying it. There's mm -hmm. no, people just say general things mm -hmm. like, oh, life is like a cup of noodles or whatever. <laughs> and it's, it's just a meme yeah. and people like uh -huh. it. And so what does that even mean? Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, watch the sunset uh, and you'll love yourself. Yeah. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? And so uh, I, I, I uh, started looking for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first attempt failed spectacularly mm. because uh, I did, I was like, okay, well, uh, I, I leaned into what I already knew, right? I was like, great. So Michael's gone. So what are the positive things about Michael being gone? All right, it frees me up. I have a lot of energy. I can do whatever. So I'm going to make extra money and I'm going to go out with every friend and I'm going to... Uh, work so hard mm -hmm. and I'm going to build my business and do my comedy. I did like <laughs> four stand-up comedy shows a night. I, uh, I would do like, <laughs> I would work the, uh, the petitioning. I would work the bubbles and I worked myself into a panic attack. Uh, literally uh -huh. a panic attack. I took a job in upstate Washington. I was working 19 hours a day and uh, I was... Um, Hurl, I ended up hurled over at a gas station and I just, I was having a pan. I just couldn't, and this guy comes and he goes, Hey man, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. He goes, can I pray for you? I'm like, sure. I was like, oh, thoughts and prayers at Facebook, you know, that, yeah. that level. Like it was a couple Hail Marys to the car. That's what I thought. Yeah. He puts his hand on my back and raises the other hand to the sky and goes, Lord Jesus, please help this man. And I'm like, what's going on? What is this? And I look up and the guy looks like Nickelback and he had the rhinestone shirt. <laughs> and I was like, this, I'm being prayed over by Nickelback. And then there are all these people staring at me. 
And I'm just like, this is purgatory. Okay. And I look, look past them and I see a cow. And I'm like, well, whatever I'm doing is not working. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment you realized. It. I was like, this isn't working too well for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the empowerment, you can't empower yourself out of a broken heart, it turns out. Yeah. So what, like, what advice would you give people now that you're kind of, you've gone through the, the swing of your yeah. learning and you had that panic attack? Like, what advice would you give people that, whether so, it's a death or just they're finding themselves in this, like, complete, just in that choice of, of to live or not to live? I would say... Um, the thing that shifted for me was the idea that um, everything we want, we want because there's an emotional end to it. Um, and someone presented that to me and I thought it was a crock of bowl. I was like, yeah. whatever. But uh, my friend was like, you know, try it. Next time you miss Michael, figure out what Michael gave you emotionally mm -hmm. and give yourself that. Okay, so <laughs> I was at the cereal aisle at a grocery store. And the grocery stores are like a minefield of trigger warnings for like widows. You'll be shopping for, uh, you know, greens and you'll be like, ah, yeah, spinach, kale. Oh, it's arugula. You know, <laughs> and you just lose it. Yeah. And so uh, I was at the cereal aisle and I saw a box of Captain Crunch and I was just like, oh my God, Michael. Oh. And I was like, why though? Wait, stop, stop, Why? Let's get clinical. Like, why does this box of Captain Crunch cereal make you miss Michael? Let's not just go to, oh, I miss Michael. Let's go, let's figure this out. What is it that I want emotionally? What do I think that Michael will bring me emotionally if he were here? And I looked at the cereal, and it's because when Michael and I are uh, shopping for cereal, I'm always like, let's get brand cereal for health. And he's like, ah, William Crunch, Captain Crunch, be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I always argue with him. I'm like, Michael, we have to look out for her health. He's like, blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, Michael, mm -hmm. we'll buy it this time. And then we buy it. And I end up eating most of the box, yeah. pretending to resent it. Yep. That is yep. our cycle. <laughs> 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 and at that point, there was nobody to, to, to encourage me to have fun, right? Mm. Nobody to be like, yeah. hey. Take life a little let's, easier. Yeah. Let's, let's go a little easier. Mm -hmm. You're doing great. Let's, hey, let, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. All right, so if that's what I want, you know, that's what I miss, let me grab the cereal. Yeah. So I grabbed the cereal and I went home and I missed him again. I was like, Michael, why? Because whenever we would go grocery shopping, we were so excited about like the grocery items that we would like pour ourselves like a bowl of cereal and watch the Golden Girls. <laughs> like old gays, right? This is a very Golden Girls shirt, actually. It's nice, right? Uh -huh. yeah. It's very Blanche's boudoir. I don't know if you watch that show, but... Uh, I've seen some episodes. Yeah, yeah with Blanche my grandma. Is the, yeah. Is the, uh, with your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> she could relate to them. <laughs> Shout out to Nani. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, we'd watch that and... And so I was like, okay, well, what is the emotional tone at the end of that? Yeah. Comfort, familiarity, mm. groundedness. So I was yeah. like, all right, cool. Comfort, familiarity, here I come. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and watched, you know, TV and, and uh, ate cereal and, uh, with, the, with the intent mm -hmm. of cultivating a sense of comfort. Because mm -hmm. I can't bring Michael back from the dead, but I can do something to give myself comfort. Right. 
So then I started doing that systematically. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I would miss Michael, mm-hmm. I'd be like, what's Michael giving you that, mm-hmm. that, that you couldn't give yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, he believed in me. All right, well, let's figure that out yeah. then. Yeah. And uh, it works great. Uh, even for breakups, I just recently had a breakup, mm-hmm. you know, like a month ago. And I thought about, like, I, I missed him. Mm-hmm. And when I missed him, I was like, wait, what is it about him that, you know, and he had a way of making me feel really special. Mm. He uh, um, honored and valued my intellect. All right, Aiden, time to uh, set up your mind so that you can feel special mm-hmm. and that you can honor and respect your uh, intellect mm-hmm. without needing someone to reflect that back to you. Mm. Great. So it's super empowering. And uh, I started doing that with everything. Mm. Traffic. I'll be sitting in traffic. I'll be like, ah, get out of my way. And then I'm like, what would you be getting if you weren't in traffic? I don't know. Calm, peace. All right, Enya. Turn on Enya and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it, mm-hmm. it is that I feel like is the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is like a beautiful lesson. Like what I love about what you just described is you found the extraordinary in the everyday life. You, you found the extraordinary happiness and just being with what your life was presenting you at any given time in any moment. Like that, I, I mean, I want to acknowledge you for that because that feels like what a lot of people are striving for is the ability to just be with anything and find joy in it, find happiness, get to the other side of it. And yeah. Because it's only the, I find that it's only the the resistance to like what we're feeling. Yeah that creates us suffering. It creates us un, like the unhappiness is when we resist what's there. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like, okay, this is here. Like I'm, I'm not honoring myself. I'm not. Yeah. Giving myself this. Yeah. Just give it to, give it to yeah, yourself. It's easier like, said than done, but it, it is, it is easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and, but in life, there, there, or just, you know, yeah. I feel like in life, if you play everything perfect, even if you play the perfect game, things mm. can not go your way. Yeah. So. And like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Try to create your business. Sure. Sure. Try to make money yeah. or whatever, but you can't have your, um, what you ultimately want, your emotional, mm-hmm. if, if what we ultimately want is an emotional experience. Mm-hmm. As long as we're looking to something to give us that emotional experience, we're in bondage. Mm-hmm. So. If I lose that deal, then I'm not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Or if I get that deal, I'll be happy, right? So it's kind of like you got to figure out what that is and figure that out. And you can do this for fun because you can do everything perfect. And if you're, uh, you know, and things can go out of control. Like I've had, I've, I trained a girl in the Bay Area for the bubbles mm-hmm. and she signed a contract, a non-compete, and she ran off and started her own bubble company. Yeah. And so what do I do with that? Like- you know, that, that's not the result that I wanted. Yeah. You know, and Michael died. That's not the result that I wanted. Mm. Uh, but uh, ultimately, if it's about emotion, then you got to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's beautiful. What, um, <laughs> what other things did you learn um, from Michael? I'm curious. Michael, uh, very independent, mm-hmm. very independent. Uh, like I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, um, very sure, sure footed, 
mm-hmm. strong guy. Um, and he had some chill, fun, mm. not taking life so seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, silly, very silly man. Yeah. Um, but with a good heart. He had mm-hmm. such a good heart. Um, I learned how to look out for myself more um, with him because I tend to be like somebody who overgives. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I have this joke. Like I'm like, a, I think it's because I watched all these Lifetime TV movies growing up. And I was like, oh, that's, a, that's life in America. Huh? <laughs> uh, in America, the man marries a wife and then they get a babysitter and then he marries her. Got it. <laughs> Got it. And then the wife gets murdered. Mm-hmm. That's America. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this Kentucky housewife kind of no. energy. Like I, I mother people a little. Mm-hmm. And so Michael was like, don't keep doing bad deals. Mm. Like, you know, honor you. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he was so awesome. Yeah. He was so awesome. I wish he mm-hmm. were still here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that it's, they say that that's like one of the most, um, life-changing experiences a human can have in yeah. this world is, is losing a loved one, a beloved. It was the, it was the thing that I think, uh, made happiness a priority mm-hmm. because when you don't have that, it's like <laughs> nothing matters. Yeah. I was at that point. I was like, no, literally nothing matters. Mm-hmm. I literally don't care about mm-hmm. anything. So what's it going to be? Right. You know? Mm. When, uh, one of my like current intentions in my life is to, through this podcast and just through, through friends and hanging around amazing people, is to learn through other people's experiences so that I don't have to live it in this mm-hmm. lifetime. And um, like like, losing someone and going through that and just hearing the gift that came out on the other side. Like, I just like hope that people take that. And, um, I'll use, I'll use another example. Um, I was doing an episode a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about our fathers Yeah, and we were talking about how, um, he had just lost his father recently. And one of the th- takeaways from that was to not leave anything unsaid. So whether it's yeah. your, your parents or your partner or your friends is to not leave that conversation without sharing how you feel about them. Yeah. Without um, like living the moments that you want to live now rather yeah. than like putting them off in the future. And so I, I got off with that episode and I called him and shared that with him. Yeah. But um, it's like those those reminders of, of like how fleeting life really is, like how fragile it is. Um, and uh, it just, it reminds me all the time just to don't wait. Don't wait for the future to have that thing. Mm-hmm. Like live it now. Have the experience now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Feeling into it yeah. right now. Michael and I had one of those too. Yeah. When, when he was, we knew the last time I mean, he was in and out of the emergency room. Yeah. And uh, we knew the last time it was like do or die. Yeah. Uh, he was either going to not make it out or go. Yeah. So we sat there mm. and we had like an hour and a half. Mm. And just told each other how much we loved each other. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, but I'm really proud of my relationship with Michael because that moment was not that different. Yeah. I, we really did have the kind of relationship we told each other. That's beautiful. <laughs> that we loved each other like every day. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was a very, very special yeah. person. Can I ask you, this uh, question just came to me. Um 
did anything shift for you when I know because you're talking about um, with Michael and passing from cancer? Did anything shift for you when you uh, got HIV, like with your own life and the way you your outlook? Yeah, well, I f- I feel like. HIV kind of made me fa- okay. Like I thought I was gonna die alone. I was I'm gonna die alone. I'm gonna die alone. I'm gonna die alone. And uh, it made me kind of think like, well, is my life worth living? Mm. It did kind of get me there too. Yeah. So I had to figure out what that was. <laughs> mm. What does what do I want my life to look like? I mean, it came luckily uh, with empowerment. Luck, mm-hmm. Luckily, that was tied together pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. But I was like, well, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. What, what do I want my life to be like? It kind of made me mm-hmm. think about what I wanted my life to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a situation. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> anytime the explanation or the story is like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's some shit. <laughs> situation. Yeah. But it gave me a great tool to practice all my empowerment. Because oh. um, you know the reticular activation system? Yeah, you know absolutely. That? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did a reticular activation system uh, override exercise uh-huh. uh, during that time mm-hmm. uh, because I thought I was going to die alone. Mm-hmm. thought I was going to die alone. And uh, luckily, San Francisco has some programs where they send you to therapy. And this guy was like, well, you could die alone or you could have a great life, but we don't, we don't really. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, huh, <laughs> I could. And so, you know, because earlier I, I Googled like oh, lonely people yeah. died alone or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but this time I was like, oh, people with HIV who have great lives. Yeah. And Google is like a search result. It gives you back what you put in. Yeah. And so is your mind. Mm-hmm. So actively giving myself evidence of people with HIV who have uh, great fulfilling lives mm-hmm. and evidencing that until that becomes an automatic. Mm. Uh, and I have now I'm like, not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, it, I guess it gave me a first a feel into, okay, like you can choose your beliefs. And if you have beliefs that are um, not serving you, mm-hmm. then you can change that. Yeah. It made me question a lot of my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any beliefs that you're questioning right now? You're like leaning into? Um, what am I working on right now? I'm working on... Uh, I'm working on like an 80-20... Uh, like... I can't, you know what? I can't be responsible for everything in the universe. <laughs> and I feel, <laughs> I feel weird saying that on an empowerment podcast, but uh, like, it's true. There are just some things that happen in life that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And the goal of empowerment is to do the best you can so you can drive in the direction of where you want to go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But like, for me to sit there and go, oh, I lost, I'm crying, I miss Michael, uh, it's been three years, and so, but uh, but uh, but but negative feelings are are, are just not mm-hmm. useful. So, no, dude, your boyfriend died yeah. five years ago, and you freaking loved him. Yeah. So maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe a shitty situation happened, and then there's this whole other sector of empowerment people. Well, how'd you attract that? Fuck it, you know yeah. what? Yeah. Like, uh, like, 
Like, it, that's not useful. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what, how did you... It's like... Things are out of your control. I can't control what Michael... Michael's on his right. journey. He had to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that girl is on her journey. She had to start a bubble business to compete with mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever. And uh, I can't control everything. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is you do the best you can. You mm-hmm. go at about 80%. Like mm-hmm. you get about 80 per- If you're getting like 80% good results, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Not every single person is going to be nice to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to internalize everything. So I tend to, because the empowerment saved me, I tend to uh, internalize things that happen around me uh-huh. to the degree that I, uh, it creates problems. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm creating problems where there are, are no problems. Mm, and Michael yeah. used to say that. Michael would be like, I think you like having problems, baby. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about yeah. like getting to that perfection of responsibility for everything that almost creates like that obsep- uh, obsession yeah. That, yeah. that needs to create the problems. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's funny you said that. I've been leaning into something similar around like 80% living as well. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just like this paradox that I don't think we'll ever really understand as humans between like we have choice and free will and empowerment Mm -hmm. and taking responsibility for our life. And also there's some forces we don't understand. And there's some like grand, like there's grand design that like, at least this is what I believe that I will probably never truly understand in this lifetime. Yeah. And can I choose to believe both of those at the same time? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like which one serves me right now? Just uh, yeah. we can all be a little easier about this, right? Yeah, let's all do the best we can. <laughs> we know what to do. Yeah, let's go for it. We'll work hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you can put in a bid for uh, you know ten houses and think that you offered a fantastic deal and you might get eight. Yeah. that's what I mean. Like, right. you can work so hard at something and mm-hmm. end up not getting it for forces out of your control. Yeah, and so. It's during those times. Sure, if it's a pattern, take a look. But like, you know, mm-hmm. it's during those times. It actually, uh, uh, it, 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 it actually does you anti-service to look for a problem in things that are just completely out of your control. Michael right. dying was out of my control. Right, right. So I'm trying to find a way to be easier about that. Mm. Um, and... Uh, did that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. And what do you say, like, this may be a tougher question, but, like, what do you say for people that are doing their best, um, but they're still stuck in their life? They're mm-hmm. still, like, spinning their wheels on these things that don't serve them, their limiting beliefs, but they're doing their best mm-hmm. with what they know, with what they have. Like, what like what can people do if they find themselves in that position? Like, hey, I, I'm doing my best with this, but I keep attracting the the partners that are toxic and the, the job sucks and the yeah. life and keeps happening and, but I'm doing my best. I think that they're doing their best from the person they are at that point. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what you must do is become someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, you've got to kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so what does that mean? Like, um, so if you're a, uh, how, how, let's see. What, what's, a, what's a good example of this? Mm. Um, you, you can't, if you're a person who's always had bad relationships, you can't get some, it's not the problem out here. So you've got to become the person that doesn't have bad relationships. Mm. And I think I, my favorite method for that is meditating. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I meditate every day and I try to envision myself as somebody who has the results, uh, you know, that they want, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm raising my, you know, vibration and mm -hmm. becoming more comfortable with that which I have to be to get that. That's beautiful. Right? So yeah. if they're trying their best, uh, I would say... Here's the other thing. We have like 10% is our conscious mind and 90% is unconscious. And that's programming, right? So if so you can try your best with your 10%, right? It's it's like hard. It's yeah. Hard. It's like running uphill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the 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 fighting off against uh your unconscious programming. Mm -hmm. Once you become aware of it, mm -hmm. then you've won. Yeah. Because you go, "Oh, like this what Oh. That's what I always say. Okay. And then questioning that. Is that right? Is that not right? And maybe you want to do a reticular activation system override <laughs> on your belief system. Yeah. So you got to program yourself to match differently mm -hmm. rather than muscling yourself into trying to get something. Yeah. What are, what are some of the things that you're changing in your current identity to attract more of or to be more of? You know what? I really want to be uh, somebody who really, really uh, values and likes myself. Mm. I, I have a ten I'm very hard on myself, very rough. Mm. Uh, and so I meditate and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, what is something that I can, uh, you know, how, what can I be? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and ideas come to you while you meditate. Like they started like they, I say they, some yeah. inspiration mm -hmm. came. And I think, huh, like, what is it about yourself that you actually do value? What can you trust yourself with? And I thought, oh, okay, so I'm very hardworking. I'm tenacious. I'm nice to people. I, I don't have any harm. I never harm anybody. Uh, I'm welcoming. I'm friendly. I can inspire people. So, like, I started naming all these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I do like that. And I started feeling better about myself mm -hmm. because in each person, there are things about them that, that they can trust themselves to be like. Mm -hmm. And so by looking for those things, uh, it kind of grows my uh, uh, desire, to, like it, it grows my ability to value myself, mm -hmm. which once you get a momentum going, it feeds on itself. Mm. So it's like a ball that, you yeah. know, yeah. rolls yep so snowball down the hill yeah yeah does that answer your question yeah absolutely cool <laughs> yeah absolutely um one of the topics i wanted to ask you about is something that we dove into on the phone call that we had the other day and mm -hmm. it was you were really leaning into like what it means for you to be a man yeah yeah you want to go uh, into that yeah awesome yeah um i think it's something that uh it's like a topic that i mean like just incredibly curious about and it's something that I do in my coaching but um I think it's really misunderstood in the world right now like this whole conversation around like masculinity yeah being a man yeah. in 2021 <laughs> and all the other <laughs> bullshit that goes yeah, with that yeah, yeah um so like what what's your current like what are you currently going through like what's your questioning or what's your uh journey like when you're when that comes up for you like Aiden you're a man in this world, mm -hmm. be a man in this world, mm -hmm. tapping more into your masculine side. Like what yeah. comes up for you? Well, I think uh, I've been doing a lot of reflection on this. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I, this all came, we'll do another story. This all came because uh, I feel like I get rejected on, on dating, uh, you know, sites more than I should. And here, <laughs> I love, I've got a similar, like, overly confident thing. Like, where I'm like, like, what? Like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, no, but like, okay, like. That's a good here's quality. The here's the thing, though. Okay, so in the gay world, it's a little different. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. I talk to my girlfriends, right? And they're like, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, this sounds terrible, but I'm going to just go ahead and say it. So I'm a gay Asian man. And a gay Asian man in the LGBT community, sometimes it's like mm, effeminate, mm. you know, like more quiet. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. But, you know, like it's more like that, right? Yeah. And so uh, I think I get guys that um, hit me up expecting one thing, mm. but they don't, because nothing about me says, you know, Feminine. Like there's yeah. nothing about that. Like yeah. even just my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, I and I talk to my girlfriends, and they're like, one of them, Lauren, she was like, Aiden, I feel like you need to come into terms with the fact that you are a handsome man and mm. stop trying to be a cute boy. Uh, yeah. Like a twink or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess I, and Michael said that too when he was mm-hmm. alive. He'd be like, and I'd be like, I got to work out. And like, why do you want to be a twig? Baby, you're a handsome man. Mm. And I kept getting that. And I was like, well, maybe I'm presenting myself as one thing that I feel like I should be and not, you know, stepping into being handsome man. What's more authentic to you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what feels, what felt more authentic at the time was the boy thing. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I, I actually uh, was afraid of being a man. And mm-hmm. I, I look back on my childhood and I was like, my grandmother was beaten up by grandpa. Yeah. And my mom was severely damaged by the lies that the men did. And as running her own business, she was taken advantage of. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so I kept hearing Men are terrible. Men are dogs. Men are terrible. Mm-hmm. Men are dogs. And here I am, a little boy. So I better line up with that. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I'm, I'm, I was gay. I knew that at a very young age. But, um, excuse me. <laughs> you can edit that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew, or not. <laughs> no, like, we're screw fully it. unedited we're here. Whatever. <laughs> okay. I burped, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So looking at that, I was like, all right, so what is it? What, what do I equate a man? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like not nice. Yeah. Something, someone harmful. that, you know, harmful, yeah. uh, someone, uh, people, uh, people take, a, uh, you know, men with our power, mm-hmm. harmful. And I started asking, I was like, well, is that true? And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So when you're that young and you need to survive Mm -hmm. and somebody identifies what you should not be, you better not be that because that is a pushing away of your source of sustenance, really. That's Mm -hmm. basically what it is. Your parents are your source of sustenance. So you line up with what they believe. Mm -hmm. And so I had a hard time um, thinking about stepping into being a man. But uh, I, I like it. Yeah. Because I have, okay. 
I think I, oh, I'm sorry. I keep, I keep touching my face and just keep rubbing this. <laughs> Rubbing what? <laughs> it's on camera. It's on sorry. camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't. Um, I have a lot of masculine energy. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I walk in here and I stomp around, <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hi, you know, yeah. very direct. Mm-hmm. And I can't do anything. I can't do anything about it. Right. I've always been yep. very direct, forward moving. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, my physical presence is big, yep. tall. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's yeah, a lot of that. The way you described like your career and your actions in your life, very masculine. <laughs> Going out and doing it, yeah, yeah, it's that's the gift of the masculine yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then I do that, and then I, and then I'm like, oh, but I'm like, no, yeah. you're not fooling anybody, buddy. Uh, no. yep. So I'm like, okay, like why don't I step into being a handsome man? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the what are the gains from that? Mm-hmm. What are the gains from that? Mm-hmm. I don't want to play small. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I actually, I could not be with somebody who, uh, I, there was a guy I dated for eight years. Um, he's a therapist. Oh God, help his clients. (laughs) 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 He's fine. He's fine. He's a nice man. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted just, me to like I'm like imagining dating a therapist. I mean, it's like yeah. always processing. I mean, you know? God, but like, yeah, sometimes therapists like. <laughs> That guy. I mean, he he's a good good person. He is. He really is. It's just <laughs> he wanted me to be like, you know, stay home and you know whatever, and just stay with me, and I'll take you know like take care of you. And I thought I was pet. dying. Yeah, I, I felt like I was dying. I was yeah. like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. And so it's not in my nature to uh, be uh, kept or taken care of. Mm-hmm. Some people love it. Some people love are like, it. oh, yep. like I love, you know, yeah. just gardening mm-hmm. and, you know, just <laughs> wiping off my mid-century modern furniture, whatever. <laughs> and that's, they're like, that's great. If that's you, 1,000%. Yeah. It just was not me. Mm-hmm. So um, no matter how much I, I, try, I try to resist that, I keep uh, running into uh, that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, <laughs> and so, I told you like my reality television is like the way I learn. <laughs> and so I started watching the Amazing Race. Well, I, that's my favorite show. Mm-hmm. So um, I watched a lot of the Amazing Race, and I always root for the women mm. uh, because you know I have this thing, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna try to root for the two guys, <laughs> yeah, two strongest looking guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, they lost that season. It's always the two strong guys <laughs> who win, except that season. And I was yeah. like, oh well, there you go. So, uh, so um, what is that like? Can I step mm. into that? Like, right. can I embrace you know, that? Yeah. Physically, right. physically strong, mentally strong. Mm-hmm. I want to be a you know. Yeah. I want. I want. I, I want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, accessing that. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. And it feels really exciting to me. Uh huh. And uh, yeah. What What are the ways you feel like you're accessing that, or the 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 ways that feel obvious that you will access that? Like, what's the thing that you're doing to be that? I uh. <clears throat> so there there are certain uh uh you know masculine uh traits mm-hmm. and I identify those things in me mm-hmm. and uh, I honor that. So mm-hmm. I love that I have a strong physical presence. Mm-hmm. I love that I have a big physical presence. I love that I have a loud voice. I love that um, my forward moving nature. I love my uh, drive to improve. I love my ways in which I encourage. And so 
really identifying what that is in me mm-hmm. and valuing each mm-hmm. of those things kind of, again, like it lights up my uh, other, uh, you know, traits. Like, yeah. and I have a specific intention for doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything like, you know, I, it sounds like I do a lot of work, but like, it's not anything crazy. Like I literally just sit in the car, I'll drive somewhere and I'll be like, all right, let's talk to my masculine side now. Yeah. And so I'll be like, all right, well, what do you love about, you know, your masculine side? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'll start naming things. And then, you know, I might ask a question like, why don't you want to be masculine? Well, because no one will take care of me if you, you know, or nobody will love me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is that true? Right. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Yeah. So you know. I love that. Like the naming and getting specific about what the fears are. So you can actually look at them. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's bouncing around in my head all day, every day. <laughs> let's actually name it. Yeah. yeah let's put yeah. it out there. I want to, I want to be, um, I want to, I would like to uh, step into my power. Um, mm. And I think it's, I'm not saying masculine necessarily equals power. I'm, uh, stepping into your power is stepping into the fullness of who you are, right? right, right. So that's the idea. Yeah. And if I'm going to identify the fullness of who I am, that includes mm-hmm. the masculine. Yep. So for sure. Yeah. And, and for everyone, for that matter, and just on different places in the spectrum to be honest and uh, like what I'm starting to like feel into in this work is that we're all we all have some sort of like natural essence on that spectrum and then we have conditioned behavior yeah and so the more like out of sync those are the more like internal turmoil there is so the more you get your conditioned behavior in line with your natural essence the more you can just be your authentic self yeah and like not have to worry about like the energy that you're uh, cultivating or trying to be mm-hmm. because you're just, you're being yourself. You're well, being what's authentic to you. I, I, I actually, I'm teaching a, a stand-up comedy workshop um, and uh, I'm, I'm co-teaching it with uh, the guy named Iggy Loves Guy, who's great. Um, and uh, I have a whole four class thing. Like I'm splitting the time with him. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching how to be your unique voice. Mm. And so what that is, is like, okay, why would someone pay $300 to see Aiden mm-hmm. versus some other Asian comedian? Yep. It's because that person has a unique voice that cannot be replicated. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that? And the answer to that is identifying what your core values are and what you feel good in and honoring that as much as possible so that when you step on stage, you are an expression of that. Mm. Um, and uh, I told them, I was like, it's life. Yeah. You got to figure out, <laughs> you don't have to try to be unique. Mm-hmm. You can just do an assessment. It's just a few questions. You, you already know? are unique. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> figure out your values. What, yeah. what, do you, what do you like? You yeah. know, I mean, mm. I know a person who likes peace, calm, and, you know, whatever. Peace, calm, and serenity. Okay. Great. If you like peace, calm, and serenity, don't do stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That was my best huh? joke. You know, yeah, don't just, <laughs> <laughs> not my show anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but like you can lean into that yeah. mm-hmm. as a life thing, right? Um, you can say everything. Mm-hmm. Say peaceful words. Mm. Say serene things. Listen to Enya. I don't know. Yeah. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. But make that important. And that carries over everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And then when, and this is how people are inspired. I might run into that person who lives their life by what they feel is good. And I'll meet them and I'll be like, wow, they exude peace. Mm-hmm. 
I think I would like to bring a little bit more of that into my life. Oh, I can learn from this person, right? Mm -hmm. So when people do the values exercise, it's like, and you got to do it like nobody's looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, whatever. Oh, my mom. I think yeah. she would want me to put this down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like family. My partner would want me to put this down. Yeah. Yeah. What would so, you want to put down? Yeah, yeah. what do you want to put down? You yeah. Know? So it's like identifying that. Yeah. And it re that really is the key to happiness because mm -hmm. if, you if you figure that out mm -hmm. and you take actions and say words and do everything honoring those, then your life has to be happy you know? yeah. and you'll be an expression of that everywhere you go and then people will be inspired. Mm -hmm. That's just how it works. Love that. So that's what I would say. The, you have this values exercise, right? Yeah, it's on my uh, website. Uh, cool. Tell the people. Theartofbeingyay.com. Uh, you can go to get yay uh -huh. and I'll lead you through a values exercise. Uh, there, there's a video yeah. <laughs> of me doing it. Where, where did the yay thing come from? I wanted to call it the art of being gay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, they were like, they're going to, they're going to think that you're going to try, try, try to turn turn them gay. gay. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I stopped doing that a long time ago. They always cry after. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, uh, isn't that a shame that like. Or gay is just happy and like, God. <sighs> yeah, what happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Give yeah. me my word back. No, I'm kidding. Give me the word. Oh, yeah. So uh, the art of being yay is great because yay, um, yeah. it's more for everybody. Yay uh, is like the happiest word I've ever said, I think. Yeah. Yay. It like you can't happy. not be. <laughs> <laughs> yay. Uh, my uh, my uh, manager, Lisa, mm -hmm. has a um, autistic daughter mm -hmm. and she um, can't, uh, She she's nonverbal right now, mm -hmm. but she can say yay. Oh. Yeah. So, so when cool. she's happy, she says yay. That's so, so cool. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yep. The art of being yay. Yep. Cool. Cool. Check it out, folks. Yeah. Sign up for my uh, Feel Better newsletter. It goes up every Friday. Um, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I love that you're like, you're mixing in this like incredibly positive message into what you do. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see yeah. your show. I'm yeah. excited to see like what that actually looks like and feels like in, in Yeah. In we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh. No expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, anything else you wanna you wanna share with the, the listeners, the audience? Uh where they can where they can find you, yeah, where you drop you know, the website. The art of being gay .com. Yeah. Get a copy of my book. It's it's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. It actually is it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, really? it's a wild ride. <laughs> is it is it your story? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's written in oh it's also available on Audible if you want to hear me go ha 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 for <laughs> four hours. <laughs> yeah. I love it. There's there's something about um like when you hear someone's laugh, you can like tell if it's off. Like, yeah. it's the real, like that's yeah. your laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah my too. mom has my laugh apparently. Yeah. So <laughs> awesome. All right. What inspired you to write the book? When did that? I through? didn't. I, 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 what, I did not think I was going to write a book. Mm -hmm. It was not planned. I had a mentor uh, named uh, Enet Morton. And she was my, like, like my business mentor. And she saw me after Michael died and I was in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And I went, I went away and I started implementing these, uh, the tools for mm -hmm. emotional wellness. Matter of six months later. And she was like, you're a different person. Mm. Even from before Michael died, what is it? Mm. And so I told her what I was doing. And she was like, 
you need to write a book. Mm. I'm going to uh, send you over to uh, my friend who does book coaching. Get on the phone with her. And she's like, this story needs to be told. Forget the price. I'm giving you the scholarship to the, the thing. Let's just get it done. Of course. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you kind of lean into what makes you happy, and people will get inspired to give you ideas and help you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, that's just kind of how it went. And then, abracadabra. Boom. Books <laughs> on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Aiden, thank for, you. for being on here. This was so much fun. Huh? And, um, uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing your story and, like, all the lessons that you're taking just from, like, your life and just everyday life. Um, I think it's so valuable for people to hear. Mm. And to be able to learn from other people's experiences, I think, is is a gift. So, yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for all the work you do. <laughs> you are so welcome. Great. You're I'll so see welcome. you tonight. Awesome. But not these guys. <laughs> that was you, terrible. It's like I have no media <laughs> training. I've been doing interviews for like 10 years, and I'm like the worst, worst guest ever. No, no. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. It's authentic. It's like that's what the show's about, honestly. It was like this show, my intention is just to bring people who are being themselves and sharing their stories and being authentic and vulnerable. Um that can do that. Oh, yeah. perfect. For the people on camera. Perfect. So you have to go watch the video to see what I guys, did. You guys are going to want to watch uh, this video. You have to watch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing funny. <laughs> um, so last question. I, I'm asking this question. It's the intention of the show. What is, uh, What does vulnerability mean to you, Aiden? What does it mean to be vulnerable? What does vulnerability mean? It's like uh, risking possibly getting hurt uh, to f- for something that you want. Uh, that's that's what I think. I think that's mm-hmm. vulnerability, uh, and that might be you know it, it might be as simple as okay, like if I'm on this podcast, like sharing the story, I could get a thumbs down or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's a risk of getting hurt. And you're sharing your story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and you know, <laughs> there's no way to get through life without being vulnerable. <laughs> so you may as well just do it because yeah. you're going to end up being vulnerable one way or the other. Right. So forced. you may as well, ju- you're going to be forced. Yeah. Gonna- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. What's, what does it mean to you? Do you know? Yeah. Um, I, that's, it's similar for me, but it's being the truest version of ourselves and expressing that in the world. So mm. it's like finding like at your core, at your center, who that is, and then sharing it um, no matter what outcome that may be. Mm. So completely accepting the, like you said, perceived judgment or risks involved or being hurt. Um, and you know, my journey in a lot of ways, like my own personal development journey um I love that the interview just well, flipped, I mean, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, so my personal development journey was a lot, like, if I were to define it, it was my journey to my heart. It was my journey yeah. to vulnerability. And, like, getting all of the the layers and the, the bullshit yeah. uh, out of the way yeah. to find out what that was for me. Yeah. And so what I've noticed is in the more honest I am with my expression – the more it gives other people permission to do the same. Yeah. And so, um, 
because there's really, uh, there's nothing magical about vulnerability. It's just being yourself, but you have to then wade through all of the fear and the discomfort associated with what might happen when yeah. you be yourself. Yeah. And for everyone that's, that's different, um, of like what you're afraid of. But, um, ultimately like as humans, we're just, we're afraid of not being accepted by the tribe and being kicked out and yeah. not being loved and not being accepted. And, um, and I think that keeps people from like finding that like true light that's inside. And so I think vulnerability is about finding that true light and then sharing it with the world. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that is an advantage being gay mm. <laughs> because it's do or die really mm. like you, I, you just have to, and I Ex- explain that a little bit more do or die. Like I um, love, I love this. I feel like being gay, uh, <laughs> kind of puts you in a position where you must line up with yourself. Mm. Um, <laughs> Cause you can't be straight if you're gay. Yeah. Um, that's just how it is. Right. And so you may try, but it's People not, you try, know, yeah. and so at some point, uh, most gay people hit a, hit a place where they're like, that's it. I just got to be this and that's it. Yeah. Um, where in the early years, they might try to resist it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really makes you have to find your tribe, figure out what's important, mm. um, honor your values and kind of cultivate. Yeah. Whereas if you're a straight guy or a girl or whatever, it's much easier to kind of blend in because there's no uh, mm-hmm. big, you know. Right. Yeah. Big discomfort. Big. Uh, it's know, almost like you, you like got out of the way early, like what yeah. it means to like find yourself and be accepted, accept yourself. Yeah. Uh, probably really uncomfortable for a lot of people, I imagine. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, but it's like, it's like you either do it now or later because if, if something's yeah. out of whack, what's going to happen is it's going to get infected uh-huh. and it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Yep. And the pain's going to get so intolerable that mm-hmm. you're going to have to make a choice. Oh. So you may as well start exploring now and yeah. figure out what choices you need to make right. before it, you lose an arm. Mm. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. It's like we all have that journey. Uh, for some people, it might be gay. For some people, it might be like the type of yeah. whatever they want to be in the world. But it's like we all have the discovery of self. Yeah. But it's just sometimes external like life forces force it on us earlier or later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can look within and try to figure that out now. Yeah. Or the pain will get bigger and bigger until you can't take it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is why people usually find this work. Yeah. <laughs> when the pain's so when bad. We, when, yeah. Right. <laughs> Wasn't that three years ago for you? Like, me was as it? well. Yeah. Three years ago. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yep. was your big... It was, like, physically, mentally, emotionally broken. Just, like, all, like, as low as I was willing to go. Mm. Yeah, everyone has their own whatever they're willing to go yeah. to, but it was just complete, um, yeah, complete, like, full defeat for me. And I was just like, okay, life, okay. Yeah. Sometimes you need to get there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I try to. I use an analogy of the feather, the brick, and the Mack truck. Have you heard this one? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like, assuming everyone's heard this analogy. No, but but please. (laughs) Okay, so um, the the way I describe the universe sends us signs of, like, change. Yeah. 
in in the method of the feather, the brick, and the Mack truck. And so the feather is the really subtle signs. Mm-hmm. It's um, when you're completely unaware, like you don't notice the feather. It lands on your head, mm-hmm. like don't even notice it. Keep on walking, going about your day. Um, and then you keep walking down the sidewalk and then you get hit with a brick in the chest. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, like that hurt. Yeah. Like I felt that brick, like yeah. that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. I'm bruised. I should, and usually it sounds like I should probably pay attention to yeah. that brick. Yeah. And some people will like pay attention to it for a moment. Like I'll do something about that. I'll put a bandaid on that. And then keep going about their life. Keep yeah. keep walking down that same sidewalk. And this was me. And just another brick after brick. And I'm like, oh, I should really pay attention to these bricks, these really <laughs> loud signs. And then eventually you're just crossing the crosswalk and get yeah. flat, flattened by the truck. And then that's the one you can't ignore any longer. Yeah. It's like you're literally uh, figuratively, metaphorically, or, or actually in the hospital. And you're like, yeah. you can't ignore this anymore. Now you have to make a change. Cause you didn't pay attention to the ones we were trying to, we were trying to tell you to change. We're throwing bricks at bricks at your face. But. Were you uh, in the hospital? Um, no, you know, I have been, um, I had a series of like unexplained physical injuries, yeah. um, that just kept stacking up like right around when I was 30 years old mm. and they just kept happening. And, and like, I just I kept going, kept pushing, kept pushing. And the one that really um, like took me out and shift took me out and shifted my perspective was I had this really um, they called them exertion headaches, but the way I described it is a grenade went off inside of my oh head. Oh my god. And the the capillaries in my brain burst. And wow. So, and so just like blackout. Yeah. Just like and um, I couldn't for six months I couldn't raise my heart rate above resting. Oh, my God. If I, like, walked upstairs too quickly. For six months? Six months, Oh, my God. And even at six months, I had to ease back into... Oh, my God. Yeah, and this was someone who I I was in the fitness space. Yeah. I I owned a gym. I identified with that. So it was like, that was my identity. And I was like, oh, you're now forced to look at, Mm -hmm. like, who you are. Mm -hmm. And that was because I didn't pay attention to the signs. Um, So now I, I, like getting more sensitive to the feathers and yeah. paying attention to those. Are you uh, running now? Yeah. I actually just recently got back into running. Um, I was an ultra endurance athlete at one point mm-hmm. and I did some like crazy long distance stuff. And, um, you know, uh, I'm learning the art of, uh, not even moderation, but I'm, I'm learning the art of enjoying things at, in a different way now. Because mm-hmm. what I did in my growth was I left a lot of my old self behind. Yeah. And I, like, shamed that part of myself. One of, one of it was, like, strength training and, like, being intense in yeah. the gym. Yeah. I love that about myself. But I left it behind because I associate it with all the negative parts right, of doing right, that. Right, right, Like, beating myself up and, like, always coming from a place of um, wanting to be better. And so now I'm bringing some of those things in, back into my life. Yeah in a healthy way, like, Oh, I actually really enjoy like going out on the run. I enjoy lifting some heavy weights. Yeah. Um, and there, it's also really good for me and I don't have to go into that pattern again. Yeah. That that is the reason I left it behind. So, Hmm. yeah. It's interesting. Like that, that part of ourselves that like we like admonish, Mm -hmm. uh, integration. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Um, I think, I, I don't know what the, 
math is on like the timing of journeys, but like in the state of my journey, I'm finding myself reintegrating a lot of things Mm -hmm. that were associated with my old life that I like really rejected when I first started doing this work. So a lot of it has to do with um, like how I, uh, show up in business mm-hmm. and like I, I actually shunned o- like shunned away from goals for a yeah. few years and yeah. from like achievement for a few years because yeah. in past life achievement meant like just put your head down and work yeah and like forget about happiness yeah so reintegrating that reintegrating a lot of like uh, physical practices that are more quote-unquote yeah. uncomfortable because um, I like what that gives me I like what that mm-hmm. brings me in my life um, and then also in relationships as well like reintegrating some things of like how I was being in, in that way. Um, like I actually in, in a lot of ways had to swing from living in a lot of the unhealthy masculine. Um, I, I swung really hard to rejecting a lot of those parts of yeah. myself and really healing and, and getting more in touch with my feminine as well. Yeah. And then realizing that I was actually, uh, similar to like what you were saying is like I wasn't acknowledging like yeah. those parts of me that like I really fucking love that I have that masculine yeah. presence I love that I have that um and so I'm like bringing that back in and and realizing that it doesn't have to um the the fear for me was that like if I really show up that way I'm gonna hurt someone yeah either, either emotionally or mentally or physically like if I really like let that out, like that's going to be, it's going to harm someone yeah. in some way, which is just like my, my fear of like wanting everyone to be safe. Um, but what's missing when I do that, when I completely like reserve myself, what's missing is me, mm-hmm. like my full expression. Yeah. And the more I do it in a safe way with my relationships, the more I realize like not only is it safe, but it fucking gives other people permission to be themselves and like, standing in that version of me um so what at least people that i love and trust that's what they want they want me they want that version of me so i think it's like um this might help i don't know if if you're still working on it or whatever but um you know how we talk about the different points Mm -hmm. different um you know emotional tones there's anger or i mean there's like failure or whatever depression there's anger Mm -hmm. and right before there's only two tones. It's like positive, negative. Right? Okay. So if you're in a negative tone, the highest point you can get from that negative tone perspective is determined, motivated. Mm. Uh, it's it's like it, it's like get, get get your goal, like get your goals. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of that got that kind of charge. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I live mo- most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which works for, which is, it's not terrible, but, but like still it, from a negative yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like there's, there's a way in which you can transmute that into inspired. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's that same energy mm-hmm. just with a different perspective. Yep. So, and you can feel it when it's like, I'm going to get that. Oh, I'm going to like, Oh, yeah. you can feel that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, ah, oh, I want to, it's just a difference. Mm-hmm. So that I think most people think that whole determined motivated is like a good thing it is uh, to get yourself out of that (laughs) right to to go from anger to determined so that you can go Mm -hmm. to eventually move on Mm -hmm. but uh people you know can live their lives that way yeah 
it's a, a it's a point of clarity that I think uh, helped me a lot. Like the okay, like inspired movement versus uh, motivated fear based. Yeah, it's either fear based, it's life giving or death dealing. That's it. The thoughts. Mm. So, Say that one more time. It's either life giving or life giving or death dealing. Uh, Every thought is yeah. life giving or death dealing. Love that. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yeah. So managing um, your emotional wellness mm -hmm. so that you are more predominantly in, uh, you know, joy or in good thoughts. Mm -hmm. The problem kind of solves itself because there's if you're living here, then this is under where your vibration. Yes. Do, do you know what yep, I mean? Yep. Vibrationally. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, there's not in your awareness. Like they're yeah. not in your reality. So yet. there's no need for, right. you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Of course, we dip in there once in a while. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, such is life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I did it on my way here. I, I, uh, I it's my fault. I cut some guy off. <laughs> I thought I felt like I had to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I thought he was following me. I'm like, why are you following me? Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, do I need to get out of the car and be like, what's up, man? <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, oh no. Because he was following me. Yeah. I mean, he didn't oh, okay. really follow me. He was, he was just mean, in he, this, going the same place. Yeah, yeah. I, changed, I changed lanes twice. And yeah. He changed lanes with me. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. He drives a Ram. <laughs> I, I always, I, I do actually joke sometimes that with, um, I was joking with a friend of mine the other day when I was driving, I was like, I can be spiritual and still drive like an asshole sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's being a human, but, right? But 80, 20, 80, right? 20, yeah, yeah. 80 of the time, yeah, pretty yeah. good. 20%, I, I can be an asshole, yeah, sure. I can be an asshole, yeah. yeah customer service representatives, <laughs> like, I just can't, like after being on a hold for 90 minutes, I'm like, that you know, pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. I get I get uh, to test my patience when customer service gets involved. It's, yeah. It's my I can't <laughs> it's my thing. It's like you get me on the like the holding on the phone <sighs> thing. Yeah. That's my tr it's a trigger for me as well. <laughs> it's so I just can't What's your sign? Uh, Sagittarius sign. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're like fire too. Fire, yeah, very I'm, fire. A fi I'm very fire. I'm yeah. Aries. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, that was that was a fun little little ending closing twist. Yeah. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> my bad driving. I bring deep shame upon my people every time I get into a car. <laughs> I didn't even think so about terrible. that. I'm so <laughs> bad. Oh. oh, I wish I were better. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's, well, maybe I could, I, I could get better if I wanted to. I just leave a mile between me and the car in front of me because I, I know I'm prone to running into things. Uh. That's why Bad drivers do that so that we don't run into it. So they should be thanking us. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, you're taking, yeah. Taking great action. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yahoo. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your show tonight. Yahoo. It's going to be fun. Thank you so much. Yay. <laughs>